As we heard in the last podcast, we now live in the critical theorists and Gramsci and Marxist socio-political framing. They own the narrative and they are overt, indeed insistent, about the idea that oppression begins at home. And they are on a mission to raise the consciousness of the oppressed and free them by ushering in the alternate hegemony. That means eroding our existing political and cultural institutions and switching them out for their collectivist institutions. I think it's important to keep these ideas in mind as we go over the topic today, how deconstructing the U.S. constitutional system might occur. Welcome back, my friends, to the New Suffrage Movement. We have a society to save, and I'm Dr. Dave Ellis, hoping to provide some ideas on how we can emphasize the principles that unite us and restore the critical center in our culture and politics. All right, let's go back a second and think about the second podcast when we talked about iconoclasm, the practice of attacking our established beliefs or institutions, that is, attacking our history and the most basic assumptions about morality and the role we each play as citizens in our country. And we talked about George Orwell's line in his famous book, 1984, who controls the past controls the future, who controls the present controls the past. I wanted to highlight those ideas before actually going over the concept of deconstruction because, as we heard in the last podcast, we now live in the critical theorists' and Gramsci and Marxist socio-political framing. They own the narrative, and they are overt, indeed insistent, about the idea that oppression begins at home. And they are on a mission to raise the consciousness of the oppressed and free them by ushering in the alternate hegemony. That means eroding our existing political and cultural institutions and switching them out for their collectivist institutions. I think it's important to keep these ideas in mind as we go over the topic today, how deconstructing the U.S. constitutional system might occur. I think there are four main ways this might happen, and I think you will likely see each of these possibilities already underway. And let me emphasize another point. If there is an actual attempt underway, as I suspect, uh, and that, that attempt is to hasten the Gramscian organic crisis, then even institutional dysfunction is a win. The less the current institutions work, they believe, the more they are seen as immoral and the better it is for hastening that organic crisis. All right, so let's get into the four main ways deconstruction might occur. First, and I believe most insidious, Americans might just forget they are born with individual civil political rights, and they would have therefore no reason to protect them in this case, we lose our collective memory of the political principles ratified by the U.S. Constitution due to a few reasons. A, there could be a failure in the education system to teach them, whether by accident or by design. B, there could be a, the purposeful re-education of students and adults by schools and the popular media, so people actually believe um, against or act, work against their natural rights. And or C, there could be a purposeful change in the meaning of the words in the text of the Constitution, meaning they get redefined across popular culture. The Constitution would not disappear or even need to be rewritten or amended, but citizens would stop demanding their rights and lose them all the same because they interpret the words in new ways. Without collective knowledge of our rights, 
or perhaps with an overt rejection of them based on new visions of values and morality, our civil political rights could evaporate. This is precisely the point Antonio Gramsci makes about attacking an existing hegemony, or the predominant political culture, through what he described as critical theory, or critical analysis. Critical theory is again attacking and critiquing the national common sense, the philosophy, the language, the philosophers, and the politicians that made the common sense meaningful in the first place. And that's the iconoclasm we already discussed. This kind of critique opens up the social and political system to the new or alternate hegemony. And it's a way of transforming the institutions from within. Now, the second main way to deconstruct the constitutional order is for the courts to read into the U.S. Constitution new interpretations of already existing text and legislation. If you ever want to think about the consequences of the current debate over what the word woman means, despite the unmistakable genetic, hormonal, reproductive, and musculoskeletal musculoskeletal brute facts associated with that word, think about how easy it would be to reinterpret the lawyerese and the old-timey English in our Constitution. Okay, The second tension is about whether the Constitution should be seen as a living document open to new, modern interpretations by judges and justices, or interpreted as originally intended by the authors of the text, the amendments, uh, or the statutes, using the definitions of words and phrases in use at the time of the text ratification. Why does this matter? Well, the meaning of a word can change over time, so understanding the intent of legislators is important. What America experienced with COVID-19 offers a concrete example of the tension between negative liberties and positive liberties. Under the excuse of a public health emergency, executive branches at all levels of government, president, governor, and mayor, for instance, claimed the power to implement policies without supporting legislation in a lot of cases, essentially bypassing the democratic process altogether. Remember in podcast three, I discussed the tension between negative liberties and positive liberties, where positive liberty can eliminate our civil political rights. One clear example is with the renter eviction moratorium enacted by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and by many states. After the expiration um, of a moratorium by Congress, the CDC under the executive branch branch issued its own extension without the legislative permission to do so. Unaccountable bureaucrats effectively prevented owners of private property, the foundation of capitalism, from collecting much-needed money to service their own loans and obligations. The Supreme Court ended this order and told the executive branch to seek legislation from Congress. The executive, the Biden administration, nevertheless reinstated the moratorium hoping for broad judicial interpretation of existing legislation. In a 6-3 decision, the Supreme Court struck down this attack on free enterprise and the civil political right to property. Now, it's amazing and telling that it was not a 9-0 decision. But for the seating of three originalist justices on the Supreme Court during the last administration, private property in America could have been effectively subordinated to any government-declared public health emergency, including firearms and carbon-based sources of energy. 
That might sound crazy, but there are very prominent collectivists and many of uh, Joel Kotkin's oligarchs, including the World Economic Forum, for instance, declaring these issues, guns and, and energy ba- uh, carbon-based energy, crisis, health crises similar to COVID-19. Now, should we be surprised if deconstructionists adopt executive policies similar to those under COVID-19 if given the opportunity? The third way to deconstruct the, cons- uh, the traditional constitutional order is to change the values of the population away from its civil political rights foundation and, and to move uh, the people explicitly, explicitly toward adopting economic, social, cultural, and environmental rights through amending the Constitution. Now, this would be an explicitly democratic process, and it would express the population's consensus. But it would take longer, and a significant number of states would have to change their political ideologies and voting patterns. This has happened many times in our history, but the deconstructionists do not feel like waiting any longer. You will hear the year 2030 as a target. That should give you a clue. Now, I think there is strong evidence that this option is actually in play anyway through the implementation of social-emotional learning in the K-12 system. I think uh, Dr. James Lindsay on the New Discourses podcast has done phenomenal work on tracing this intersection. The fourth main way to deconstruct the constitutional order is by civil war. In this case, the worldviews of the population would be split into politically irreconcilable groups who mutually see one another as immoral and as near threats. To deconstruct the normally replicating civil political rights, negative liberties based in capitalist foundations of America, that is, all the social regularities we talked about in podcast four on social systems, the patterns of our social interactions have to be radically disrupted and faith in who we are as a people made to seem unjustified. This is how Gramscian Marxism creates the space for the alternate hegemony. It has to exacerbate the underlying social tensions to hasten the organic crisis. If you're a Gramscian Marxist or a critical theorist, and you absolutely believe the system, from the culture to the institutions, is oppressive, you can't leave it in place because it reflects that historic block of elites that created the superstructure in the first place. In this case, even inching towards or fighting a civil war can be a help because it interrupts and in some cases destroys the social regularities, the foundation of our social system. In this perverse way, losing effectiveness is actually winning to those who hate the system. We are sadly on this trajectory, and it is purposeful. The foundation of this movement is, sadly again, in the university system, which has the solid support of members from the first three groups I talked about. If we continue to focus on our political differences rather than our political commonalities, we will become increasingly tribal, fearful of one another, and the constitutional crisis will occur leading to violence. As a scholar of ethnic conflict, I have seen this pattern too often. The new suffrage movement is specifically designed to help Americans acknowledge the very real challenges they face while constructing a new positive chapter. We must recognize the deconstruction occurring in our system, explicitly call it out, stop it, and offer a better future. 
we can because American history is that of being a leader in love, liberty, and light. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard or are interested in learning more, please subscribe, comment, and share with your friends. Have a wonderful day.